Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I am your host, Brian Althorpe. Today's guest, you guys have seen us, see him on a Puncher Waterfowl podcast. It's my buddy, Damian Pittman. Welcome to the show, Damian. Hey, thanks, bud. This is, uh, this is weird. I got to admit, this is weird. I'm on the other end here. Well, it's, I kind of figured, you know, you're always the one giving the interviews and now you're being interviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is cool, though, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, if anybody's listened to the Punisher podcast, you know that uh, Damien has a lot of interesting guests on. He's had me on twice, so thank you for having me on and uh, and presenting me to a few other people, which has been a it's been a cool networking opportunity, and it's been awesome getting known getting to know you guys. Yeah, no, absolutely, buddy. That's what this is. That's what this is all supposed to be, right? It's all supposed to be. Um, people helping people out and, and trying to introduce and, and grow the community as best you can. Right. So oh, yeah. that, that that's at least the way that I look at it. So yeah. um, it's, I, I think it's really cool when I sit back and I see some of the things that you post and I'm like, man, that's so cool. I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm so <laughs> jealous of Brian. <laughs> well, it's a, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's what's what's really popular about your podcast is that you know it's just a group of guys that I mean, you guys don't have really didn't really start with any affiliation with anything, and you just kind of started, yep. you know, bullshitting and uh, and recording it. So on that note, you know, I think there's there's some people, including myself, like when I started listening to the show, it was a little further into the show, so I didn't really get the whole background of your guys' show. So if you could kind of go through how it started and what where the Punisher waterfowl name came from. Well, okay, so um, so I'm ex-military, and uh, while I was still active and still serving, every you know three four years I was moving to a new area. So and. And what was typical of the areas that I was moving to was that there was always a a army asshole in that was there before me that screwed over some farmers or screwed over some landowners. So when me and my buddy would go knock on the door and and they could tell we were military, um, they didn't want us on their property, and rightfully so because they were okay. burned by some dudes, right? Yeah. So. Um, so we were just getting frustrated. We couldn't get any anybody to give us any permission. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make a Facebook page and pretend that we're this big hotshot company. And and I I went online and I found there, there's a, a website. It was called uh, logotournament.com. And what you do is, is however much money you want to spend. So I'll say I put in 100 bucks American. And that okay. got me, I think that guaranteed me 10 designs. So then I paid my hundred bucks American. And so um, you fill out a questionnaire. This is a really long story, Brian. So, um, <laughs> so, so anyways, um, I filled out the questionnaire and this dude over in Indonesia, um, he came up with pretty close to what the, the final logo looks like today which i absolutely fell in love with so i got the logo i created the facebook page pretended to be this hot shot up and coming waterfowl company and then all of a sudden people started inviting me out to hunt 
um, come out and hunt with us. And I'm like, well, and and like I was I was still a, still a soldier. I wasn't making a ton of money. I had a young family. Uh, my wife was a stay at home mom at the time. So um, didn't have a lot of money. So these guys were asking me to come hunt. And I was like, well, you know, how much and, and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, no, 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 just just make sure you you talk about us on your social media feed and stuff like this. And I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. So anyways, um, so we did a few hunts like that. And then people started asking me, you know, exactly what it is, what is it that you do? And and then I was like, oh, the jig is kind of up here because I don't do anything. Um, so, so then I just, I started plastering the logo on everything on hats and hoodies and t-shirts and stuff. And, and the logo was, was pretty cool. So people liked yeah. it and people started buying it. Um, and then I decided, well, this isn't enough. Um, I reached out to Banded when Banded was first starting as a, as a company. Um, okay. and they, they were super cool. And those guys don't remember me, I'm sure, but they were really, really good to me. Um, and they were start just starting out and, uh, I started selling banded gear out of my basement, um, which was pretty cool. And it was awesome. Yeah. Like they worked, they worked with me and, and tried their best to make it so that I would make some money, but it was really hard to try and turn that profit with shipping right. and, and the conversion from the American to the Canadian dollar and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it didn't last very long. Um, and then I start. Then I said, "Well, I'm going to make my own stuff." So yeah. I had a buddy that was a, a rigger in the military, so parachutes and the whole bit. So he knew how to sew and 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 properly and all that stuff. So he started making decoy bags for me and Got and it. all kinds of stuff. So I did that for a little bit. Couldn't compete. It was still still too hard. Um, and it was around about that time that I started thinking, you know what? Uh, so. I got to back up. I'm a, I'm pretty pig headed. So when people tell me I can't, like, it's not that it's going to fail. Yeah. I, I've got a hard job um, letting go then because I want to prove right. people wrong so bad then. Um, so, but it was around that time that I really started, I really started thinking, you know, like, what am I going to do? I was, I was heading to Iraq on my final tour um, I was really starting to wonder, like, what am I doing here? Like, I, I, this is costing me more money than than what I'm making. Right. Um, and it was causing some some stress between my wife and I, obviously, right, because the funds and, and stuff like that. And that's when Dave Palmer, my, my business partner, that's when yeah. round about the time that Dave came on. Uh, and Dave had Dave had a. a a new way of thinking um, when it comes to some certain stuff. So Dave came on board and we sort of brainstormed on some stuff, but we were still, we were still, you know, trying to figure out our way. And then I just, one day I just said to him, I was like, what do you think about a podcast? And he was like, I think you, he said 100%, I think we should do a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, right, well, I reached out to, so then I reached out to our, our buddies, the Mark, Phil and Ryan, and they were like, yeah, let's give it a, let's see what it does. Right. And, and originally it was supposed to be, you know, five of us getting on and chatting from, you know, the summer until when duck season started, once duck season started, we were going to, we were going to shut it down and just focus on hunting. Yeah. Um, and obviously that didn't stick because we do it every week now, regardless. Um, 
yeah and 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 as they say the rest is history right like we're we're pretty lucky like the people that we've met like you and and all these guys that we've met that have that have come on the show and and now are are friends right like that that's the crazy the craziness of this so you know anybody that's listening if you you listen to how the brand started to now to the friends that that you and I have common friends now that right dude Five years ago, I was watching these guys' DVDs and learning from them. <laughs> and, now, and now these guys are, you know, we're chatting. We don't chat all the time, but we do chat. Right. They're, they're in my phone. They're a contact. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's just, it's cool, man. Right. Like, we never had any, any, I guess, aspirations or goals of taking over the world or anything. We were just, we just wanted to have some fun and just... We we talked we, we talked every night anyways, right? Um, but it was through a Facebook group chat. We chatted yeah. every night anyways. So now we just we just saved it all up for the week and just did it on video. Yeah, I mean it's like like you said it's a it's a weird feeling when you start uh, when you start actually talking to these people. Like like I mean for instance John Stahl. Like yeah. you have helped me get in touch with him. And now, like, he's technically my boss. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, man, like, like I told you earlier, like my dad used to say, if you think I'm jealous, you're right. Um, because, uh, you know, but it's cool. But that just goes yeah. to show, like I told you, right? Like, the, the one of the, the best things I can do is know that I help somebody out. Right. And to know that you and Sean are, are going to do this this mini tour that you're going to do and and get out on this on three or four solid hunts yeah. um buddy that's amazing and and it's good for you because it shows it shows the hard work all the hard work that you've done because and that's the that's the thing that people don't get is cuz they only see the end result right, right. they only they only see the fact that well oh, Elathorpe's going and hanging out with with stall right but they right. didn't see all of the hours upon hours upon hours and weeks of of editing video and trying right. to make sure that what you're putting out is the absolute best product that you could but nobody sees that right? right they just see they just see the end product so yeah. i i'm happy for you dude i really am because and it's and it's and it's paid off for you all the hard work that you've done well i appreciate it yeah i think that when i first started my show was kind of a way to talk behind the scenes of the stuff that i was putting out so like being able to say like, hey, we 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 went on four different hunts before we had one that I was able to make a video of, but I still had to set up all the gear. I still had to go scouting and do all of you know, put all of that work in. Yeah, like filming wildlife is the hardest thing of all time because you can't control that at all. <laughs> I can go and film a review video because it's sitting right in front of me, but it's like. I can't go out and say, well, today we will shoot 12 mallards. That's right. It's just like I'm at the mercy of that. And the amount of times that I go out and hunt does not reflect how many videos I put out. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I'm going to tell you, and and I'd be lying if I told you that I haven't thought, and I mean put a, a serious amount of thought into buying some camera gear, 
and 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 going out and and sort of kind of doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I I can't do it. Like I don't I don't have. Not only do I not have the 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 ability, like the creative ability to put it together, but I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. No, I totally up, do. You set up every hunt and and you're just recording and you're you've got all this stuff that you've got to everything's got to be perfect and then and then you got to rely on mother nature right and and i just i don't have the patience for it yeah. i i just don't i i wish i did and i wish i was creative but i i'm just not so um yeah it's more of like so i've had to get creative in how i film things just because like i'm a fan of the first person view so mm-hmm. like I think it's cool when people are putting out these videos where they've got really nice cameras and they're filming the whole thing. But I like to see like that person go through the hunt. I've mm-hmm. always found that intriguing. And if I want to watch TV quality shows, then that's what like I'll watch it on TV. You know, like I, there's so yeah. many on YouTube now that's almost gotten diluted. So like, mm-hmm. it's funny that you say like that you don't have the patience for it because there's a lot of people that I hunt with and I'll film an entire video. I'll, edit it i'll post it and i'll send it to people and they'll go i had no idea you were filming yeah because i just have a gopro on my head another one set off to the side the shot cam on my gun and then if something's happening the dog is doing its thing or whatever like i might get a camera out or i might just film it with my phone and that's like really and nobody said nobody has any clue it's funny because it's like which which makes it a little more candid right yeah, but it also is just not intrusive to the people that I hunt with. So I can go on a really good hunt. Like I, I was, I was on a hunt two years ago, right across the street from my house, actually, and uh, mm-hmm. they were already set up four A frames. We had twelve guys hunting this goose pond late season. We shot mm-hmm. all sixty birds, and like by the time that it was done, like nobody even knew I was using a camera. I went back, I edited the whole thing and then i sent it out and people were messaging me and they're like i had no idea you were even filming down there no clue that's cool it's like that's cool i like that because then it's not me sticking a camera in people's faces and trying to be like the next bobby guy or you know whoever trying to vlog stuff because i don't really like the vlogging type thing it's like i just want to see a nice hunt and then we're done you know so it's like trying not to be that guy (laughs) yeah no no absolutely and and i think I know for me, um, I think I would appreciate it a lot more than, you know, the camera being in my face. And then, right. I don't know that as much as I try to be myself a hundred percent of the time, sometimes if a camera's in your face, you sort of kind of got to talk a little different right. and, and, and make sure, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. not 100% yourself when a camera's right. pointed at you, I guess exactly. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and like I've got, so I have a buddy named Damien actually that I hunt with all the time. He was my my roommate in college, and uh, he is just off the wall all the time. Like he is just a crazy dude. He just like he's always cracking jokes. He's always just out of out of his mind. Yeah. But then, but I will warn him before, like, hey, I'm gonna film you real quick <laughs> because there's like when you get a camera pointed on you, you just it's different. It's yeah. a different feeling. So like it gives him a half a second to get his mind ready for it to like instead of getting thrown off guard like what are you doing and i rarely do it you know it's just there's some times where he's doing something i'm like i'm gonna put the camera on you and he's like okay and then he just starts going it's like yeah that's i think it's cool i think that it would be cool for you not even just like filming stuff to put it on youtube 
but just for the memories of it like yeah. with your dog and your kids and stuff like that like that's that's i think what the the best part about filming them is uh yeah i guess so, so. i would say do it yeah if you're thinking about it just do it yeah absolutely absolutely so sticking on the punisher topic we had yeah. our buddy greg had a uh had a question that I thought would fit in pretty well here. Um, he asked when the moment, when, when there was a moment within the Punisher journey that it started to feel like, Oh, this is, this is real. And this is starting to take a turn. Did that moment hit you at any point when you started, you know, doing yeah. interviews and stuff? And what, yeah. what was that? Uh, I think it was, I think um, it was, Jeff Coates. I had to it, guess that's what I would have said. <laughs> yeah, it, it was 100% Jeff Coates. Like, we we were toying with the idea of bringing guests on. Like, we had we had brought our friends on. Um, okay. and, and nothing against our friends, but, like, our, we, we've got some bonehead idiot friends, too, right? So, um, and they're just not, you know, like, if someone wants to listen to a waterfowl podcast well sometimes they want like a really cool guest i'm joking yeah. to our to my buddies who are listening to this um <laughs> but yeah so we we were toying with the idea of getting some you know some bigger names out and and david messaged me one night and he was like i put a i put a ask out to jeff coates and i was like yeah fuck jeff coates is coming on our show <laughs> right and that's and that's literally what my response was to him I was like, yeah there's no way Jeff Coates is coming on our show. Like, no. And, uh, you know, a couple of days later, Dave messages and he was like, he's coming on. I was like, are you serious? I was like, oh, shit. So um, he came on and we still didn't quite know what to expect, right? Like, because this was new ground for us. And uh, he came on, such an awesome dude, a wealth yeah. of knowledge, um, a really, really good friend now. Um, and I think that was the point when I was like, you know what, like, um, you know, you always hear people say, uh, things like, well, they're just a regular dude or that's what I've learned, uh, you know, a hundred and we just, we just recorded our 160th episode yep. and that's, that's what I learned the most is is that that statement is 100% true they are everybody that we've met on that show is just regular guys and girls like yeah. just you know like they're no they just love hunting ducks um they love the chase they love the passion just as much or more than what I do uh and they're just yeah they're just lucky enough to be able to create and curved their own way in in the industry that they're able to make a living out of it, right? So that yeah. I would say was when Jeff Coates. But then you know it's, it it just kept rolling from Jeff Coates. It was Jeff Coates, and it was Corey Foskett, and then it was Sean Stahl and Eric Massey and Bobby Hayes and Heath Hancock and and there's a bunch of people that I'm that I'm I'm not thinking of, right? Like uh, that I'm not naming off. But it was just it just kept rolling, 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 right. and and now you know like. Now, it doesn't happen all the time, but now we'll get people ask us, hey, listen, man, we found your podcast. We're wondering, could we come on? And I'm yeah. like, fuck yeah. After, like, so, the, <laughs> so, the last, so this week's episode, the one with the Pattern Pro guys, yeah. um, so it was those guys that reached out to us. Yeah. 
yeah. and want it to come on. And I and I just think that that that's so cool that we're able now we're at a position where people are asking us, hey, listen, we got this idea. We think it'd be cool if we were on your show. Give us a little bit of exposure and. Yeah. Like, Sure, that's that's awesome. It's well, cool. And that also saves you from uh, having to try and find a guest. The guest finds you. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> um, absolutely. And and but it's it's a fine line, right? Like you gotta you. I've got to. I've got to ensure that it doesn't go to my head. Do you know what I yes. mean? Like yeah. like I gotta I gotta. I got to make sure that I, I take it, not that I, I'm that type of person, but I just don't, I don't want, I don't want it to grow to be something like that where um, I, I'm walking around with a chip on my shoulder, right? Because that's not who yeah. I am. Um, so I, I like to, to keep it as, that's why we still have the same, I guess, way of doing the show we still right. say whatever we want we still have a beer we'll smoke a cigar um, yeah. we still try to keep it as close to down earth as we can because that in all reality that's exactly who we are we're, we're we say it at the end of every show we're not experts yes. and we'll never pretend to be right yeah no i think it's cool because it's it shows a lot of people especially people that are trying to find their way in the industry for whatever mm -hmm. it might be that you don't have to like you you don't have to know the right people right away you can kind of feel it out you can i mean it's essentially what both of us have done is yep. that we've kind of taken baby steps and then one you know break here and there helps kind That's of true. leap us a little further Absolutely. and uh i mean i don't feel as though i'm in any massive part of the industry but just any part of it it's an interesting journey to get to wherever you're trying to go within it. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people think, um, and you and I've talked about this before, Brian, um, offline, but I think people believe that this waterfowl industry in North America, and it's mostly in the States. So let's yeah. say 90% in, in the U S 10% in Canada. Yeah. Um, but people think that this is just this huge multi-billion dollar industry where, you know, Sean Stahl and Corey Foskett and, and the guys, you know, that own these companies are just filthy millionaires and they're, you know, all driving big fancy cars. And, and, <laughs> and that could be no further from the truth, right? Because yeah. they're not filthy rich. They're, they've, they've got a brand that they own, yeah. But um, I think... Um, that's that's the thing that you know people need to realize is that it's not as big as what everybody thinks it is. It's a very right. very small slice of the pie, which is the hunting world in North America. And right. then, like for me, so let so let's say that the waterfowling piece of the pie is you know I don't know what what you would give it in a percentage maybe. I don't know, 30%, 30-40% of, of the of hunting the industry. Yeah. Of the hunting because you've got industry. big game, you've got deer, you've got yeah. upland. And then, then you've got fishing in there too, right? Which I consider yeah. part of that. So which is fishing is is massive, huge, right? Right. So so then so so let's say, you know, waterfowl comes in at around, you know, 
30%, 40%, whatever of the overall. Right. My little piece of that, if I could get, if I could get 2% of that piece of pie, that's a win for me. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, yes. and, and guys like you and I, and there's a bunch of dudes that are doing exactly what we're doing, yep. um, podcasts and, and doing all the right things and, and educating and, and trying to spread the good word. And they're doing, they're doing great too. Uh, it it's you know i i i applaud anybody that wants to get into it and and they have that entrepreneurial frame of mind and they, and they think that they can do, go for it like right. don't don't let anybody tell you well you'll never make fuck them like don't don't let them <laughs> don't let them hold you back like if you want to go try it it's hard yeah. um and and it's not going to unless unless you come across unless you're the guy that Unless you're Ricky Hart and come out with Lucky Duck, right. um, you know what I mean. Um, the chances you're going to have to work hard and 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 yeah. build up your build up your social media and stuff like that. But that's the thing that I'm learning the most now is that social media numbers. I don't think the big companies really care too much about it anymore. No, it's just, I mean it's a, it becomes a flooded market when everybody's doing the same thing and. Yeah. And and like even in podcasting, like there's only so since it's a small community, Waterfall is a very small community. There's only so many people that you can that you can interview, you know, that That's are right. like yeah. that are going to be big enough that can help like push your brand, you know. Yeah. So it becomes tough for sure. And and there's only so many hours in the day. Right. And there's so That's many it. podcasts yeah. like like. Like I know, like you talk to Jeff Coates and, and Bobby Hayes, right? So those guys are in their shops right. um all day, every day, right? Working. And and uh, and that's what they, they always have podcasts on. Yeah. And they all day every day. And they can't get through all the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh yeah, it's but go for it. Like if if you're on the if you're if you're leaning on the fence and trying to figure out should I do it, go for it. Give it a try. You won't know until you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, that's like those pattern pro guys. Like, I told them a dozen times. I'm like, I can't fucking believe I never thought about this idea myself. I was listening to it and I heard you say that. And I'm like, you would think that somebody else would come up with it before them. But I mean, here they are. Here they are. And and I think they're doing, I, you know, I think they're doing well. They're doing a good job. It's a fantastic just, idea. <laughs> it is, man. And that's <laughs> How many thing. times have we gone, I really want to shoot, like, pattern some bismuth. <laughs> I'm going to spend $55 on a box of bismuth when I can get whatever from them. But also, yeah. like, multiple other rounds to try out. It's such a good idea. I think it's brilliant. I just can't believe that. I never thought about it, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> oh, I know. It's crazy. But yeah, so moving through Punisher and getting to the point where you guys are now, what made you start looking at like trying to get other companies to come on board? Real Geese, First Light, Beretta, you know, everybody that's that's helped you out so far. Well, so Real Geese, the really cool thing about Craig Mintz and Real Geese and I don't know how Craig Mintz found our podcast. So he he came across our podcast and had listened to it before. I had I was introduced to Craig through a friend of mine who who 
sort of kind of pro staffs for real geese. Okay. Uh, Perry Blanky is Perry Blanky is his name. And Perry introduced me to Craig because I wanted to get Craig to come on the show uh, and interview him. And he had already listened. He had already listened to the show, and he was like, "Listen, I love your show. I want to be part of it." And so Dave and I are like, "What?" The, you know, like this was this yeah. was foreign to us. We were like, so you know, what do we do? What do we do? We like, is this is this fifty thousand dollars? Is like we had no idea. <laughs> right. We we don't know. We have no idea what what was going on. And so, and and I'm a firm believer to just be honest. And and I told him I was like, Craig, we have no idea what we're doing right now. Like this is this is foreign to us. We don't know about you know, sponsorships or what's fair and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you tell us what, what do you, what do you want to do? And he told us what he wanted to do. And we were like, yeah, we're, we're cool with that. So, um, you know, so Craig came on, um, and then Dave, Dave had already had a relationship with, the with a couple of the guys from first light. So Dave already knew okay. those guys. Um, and Dave's Dave was, sort of kind of on their pro team um they've got some different levels at first later they did back then anyways um and they were coming out with this waterfowl lineup and um, that was very very hush hush at the time and uh and then out of the blue they first light guys reached out to dave and said hey listen we want to come to canada we got this new stuff we want to try it out in the spring on a snow goose hunt, uh, can you gear something up? And of course, Dave told me, and I was like, "Yep, let, let, yeah, <laughs> we can, we can make that happen." So then those guys came up, and and then you know that's a great, a great relationship there. And um, and then when it comes to uh, Bobby Hayes and Ducklander, I've been carrying Bobby Hayes. I've been ha- I've had a Ducklander call on my lanyard easy to last. 10, 12 years, easy. I was wearing a Ducklander call long before I had ever spoke to Bobby Hayes. And it's just, it's a call I like. I, I like it. I can use it. It, it sounds good to me. Um, some people, it, it's 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 the call that I like. And and Bobby is a, a very down-to-earth guy. And, and the same thing, he approached us. He wanted to get into some different advertising avenues and and he said what do you think and i was like yeah sure absolutely i'll i'll take i'll take your stuff all day every day absolutely (laughs) you know what i mean so it just yeah um but but now like don't get me wrong i've like we've knocked on doors too and and we've been told no um because we just weren't we just weren't the right fit for them or they had already had somebody or you know what i mean and and in this world, like this whole social media, podcasts, YouTube, you said, like, there's a lot of dudes. There's there's a hundred dudes just like me out there. Yeah. Um, I'm no better than them. Um, they're just doing what they're doing. And, and so it it is, you know, you kind of said it when you said, um, you know, we started off small and then you get introduced to someone and then, you know, like that. But that that's how it is. That's how it's got to be. Right. Like, right. Um, it takes, you got to like I can send out 50 emails tomorrow to to companies and and I'm just another regular 
guy just asking for stuff, right? But when, right. you know, when when Corey Foskett or Eric Massey or Sean Stahl introduces me to somebody, well, then that makes a big difference, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. The, that's the networking aspect of it, and it makes yeah. everything. That's what, that's what I makes love. everything tick. That's like I love, I love the community, right? Like I love being able to to call up Bobby Hayes and say, "Hey, man, did you see this on social this morning from from this company?" and and we'll talk about it and discuss it or or whatever. Like I really, really like that's one of my favorite things about this whole this whole thing is how we've all sort of kind of connected right like same with yeah. you like just editor blue just shoot me a message you know yeah. what i mean like it's it's cool like i yeah i like it i enjoy it um yeah it's it's, it's just fun man it is fun now when you've decided to also start taking this and and organizing hunts around it what started what sparked that interest well so there's a there's a company in ontario um that that was sort of kind of in the area where I was when I started Punisher Waterfowl. They were established before me. Um, and that was an idea that they had. They they oh. started this. Yeah, so they had the 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 camp sort of idea before I did. Um and uh, and it was awesome. Like it was that's when you know I started putting faces to names that you'd seen on social media and on all the right. chat groups they, they he was bringing all these guys together and it was a lot of fun and, and then i was yeah. like well fuck if he's doing and i would attend his camps too right so i was going to his camps meeting all the people and then i would do it and it was sort of kind of like this big in in a perfect world it would have been this big like rotation where you just hit so in a perfect world it would have been two or three more guys like us doing the same thing all over ontario and we would have just ran this big circuit um it didn't work out that way but um but that's that's ultimately how it started somebody else done it and then i i just jumped on i was like well he if he's doing it then i should do it yeah. uh, and it was a and, and at that time it was a money generator for me because i really didn't have anything else that was generating money for the business but the right. camps the the camps would and i would always use i would always use my buddies that were guides that could use uh the work and and yeah. could use the exposure and they were friends of mine and i would always go with those guys and and it just made for just awesome weekends it was it was always a lot of fun and now um and now there it's at the point now where you know our camps sell out in like two three minutes of Dave. That Dave always handles that. I don't have I don't I have nothing to do with the camps. That's Dave's gig, and he gives like a twenty four hour notice. Hey, at this time we're making the announcement, so be ready. And clock strikes. Dave is on. He makes his thing, and like five minutes later we're sold out. So it's pretty cool. So cool. And yeah, and and the goal is is that. As much as we try to, we try to as much as we can have new people every time. Yeah. Um, because that's that's the goal is is to introduce people to more people, and then you've got a new hunting partner. Right. Let's say. No, that's super yeah. cool. And this is the what? How many years have you been doing it? Oh, smokes. Um, since I would say 
2015. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been, I think, well, COVID, we didn't because COVID right. was stupid. We couldn't do nothing, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but other than that, yeah, we, we had done some crazy good hunts, um, some crazy good friends along the way, and, yeah, it's, it's been fun, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I'd but, be remiss if I didn't uh, bring up the refuge. Mm. <laughs> that's and how, that's and how my, you got started with that. Well, that's my new passion now. So I that, can tell, like that, yeah. Oh, buddy. I love it's this. It's awesome. This, it's such a cool thing. So uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Dave and I, uh, Lorianne Horse. So Lorianne owns uh, a brand called Canadian Sportswoman Society. Okay. And she was at the Toronto Sportsman Show a couple years ago, and they had given her because she's a not-for-profit. They had they had given her um, some booth space, and she didn't need all the booth space. So so what she did is on the Saturday she gave booth space to a friend of hers that that has like a fishing tackle brand. Okay. And then she so that that girl had the booth space on Saturday and then on Sunday we were given the booth space. Oh. So we yeah, so she split it up between the two of us. So we showed up on Sunday, um brought down uh, our little makeshift booth that we had put together and stuff <laughs> and and we did, we had no expectations, didn't know what it was going to be. But when we got down there, there was like this is the Toronto Sportsman show, so probably the biggest outdoor show in canada yeah and buddy i am not joking when i say there was no representation of waterfowlers there that's so crazy so crazy right so um so i had mentioned it to the boys that week and i was like this is you know this is crazy there's no nothing here for ducks and geese um dive bomb dive bomb was dive bomb was there i shouldn't say there was none Dive Bomb was there. They had a they had a booth, but they weren't selling anything. Uh, you could okay. order through you could order through their website and stuff. They had it all set up there, but they didn't have stock to sell because just because Canada's stupid when it comes to the shipping and stuff like that. Right. So so Dive Bomb was there, but that that was it. Um, so that would have been in merch. And then I got home and I just said, man, like. Everybody keeps saying, well, no, nobody is going to, nobody's going to go for that. Like that, that's crazy. No. So I just reached out to the show and I was like, listen, um, this is what we notice at your show. Um, this is how I think Punisher Waterfowl can help your show. Um, in turn for the work, we want this. And, and the guy, uh, it was a new company that had taken over the, the rights to the Toronto Sportsman Show. And he okay. was honest, he was honest and upfront with me right off the bat. He said, you know what, Damien? He said, uh, together, the two of us, we're going to build this back up. I was like, okay. So we did it the first year. Um, we didn't have the vendors, uh, that we wanted, but, and, and rightfully so, right? Because everybody coming out of COVID, everyone was pinching pennies a little tighter and, yeah, and people yeah. didn't, and people didn't know how the public was going to react to being in big spaces with crowds of people and stuff like that. So last March, we, we done our first iteration of the refuge. It was a huge success. We didn't have a ton of vendors, um, 
but it was still a huge success. Um, Craig Mintz came up from Ohio, um, came up, set up a huge booth. I think Craig had a had an excellent time, um, even though he makes fun of our money all the time. Um, he did have he did have fun, uh, and I know it, but he'll never admit it. Um, but and now, so this year, um, I think the word I. I think a lot of people, a lot of businesses came by incognito and checked us out last year um, without letting them letting it be known that they were there yeah. and checked us out because when we started planning for, you know, merch of 2024's refuge, um, we were already having people contact us. Like, That's so hey, cool. we want. Yeah. So, so like, uh, final approach right like they're coming like they reached yeah. out to us. oh that's cool it, you know what i mean so it, it's stuff like that that uh so that's that's my that's what gets me out of bed now in the morning is is that i'm like oh i wonder did i get an email from this company and yeah. and 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 i get it it's not it's not all sunshine and rainbows right like there's a lot of no's there's a lot of people right. that just that just can't make it work it's not in their budget it's it's uh, tricky coming into Canada and bringing in yeah. gear and and the whole bit. So there's a lot of there's a lot of hoops that some some of these companies aren't aren't as big as what you think they are. And and these hoops are are logistically they're just they're just a nightmare for some of these companies, right? right? So so there's a lot of no's, but there's a lot of yeses too. So this year is going to be it's going to be awesome, and and I'm sure it'll continue to grow every year. The biggest thing is is that. You got to get up there this year. We were hoping you were going to come up. We were hoping you were going to be able to make it up last year, but it was just it was just shitty timing and stuff. But, yeah, you know, I, you're, you're not I that. I really far. tried. I yeah. really tried. Yeah, I think when I when I googled it, it was like six and a half hours. Yeah. So I can make that work. And honestly, if Craig was going to drive up, I was just going to jump in the bed of his truck and then just hitchhike my way up. So yeah, it would have been right on his way. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's, I think so. I, that's what you should do. I think you should grab I a hold know. of Matt. I think you should grab a hold of Matt Hicks and, yeah. and you and Craig and and you just do a road trip up and come up and hang out with us for a weekend. Yeah, I think it'd be a blast. Oh, it'd Which be is, awesome. And that's the other cool thing is is Ohio. I know, dude. Dave Dave always says it. He was like, "Don't be talking, don't be talking about Ohio." Ellathorpe will get mad. I heard him on, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago on your guys' yeah. podcast, where he goes, "Oh, Ellathorpe's freaking out right now because we're talking about Ohio." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, like we talked about on your show, like I think that it's just a different style of hunting here. And like you've said before, like there's so many companies here. You got real geese. You got Matt from Last Flight Calls. Yeah. You've got uh, who's the 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 glove yeah. guy? Uh, yeah. Tom. Tom. Yeah. Uh, Lochner. Tom Lochner. Tom Lochner. Yeah. So down yeah. in Columbus, it's like there are a lot of companies. I mean, Zinc Calls was out of here until they got sold. There's mm-hmm. big decoy companies. You know, it's just. It's a really cool area around the lake that I think a lot of people kind of disregard just because it's not, we're kind of on the edge of a flyway. We're a flyway for diver ducks and that whole deal. But then like, we're right on the edge of the Mississippi flyway. And so like, we don't, we, there's 
patterns of birds, but it's not like, I mean, it's yeah. not like standing in Arkansas and like knowing that a hundred mallards are going to dump into tim- flooded timber at your feet. Like it's just, yeah. it's just yeah. different, but it's a cool community. And like, I've met people in Ohio that I didn't think, you know, that I would have never known were any part of the waterfowl industry. Uh, there's a guy I've become friends with. His name's Brett Ayers. He works, he was a designer for Lucky Duck. He works for Sitka. He started this thing called the Retriever Roadmap. And like, he's been working with the guy that owns the the kennel and developing this training program. And it's just like, yeah. that's something I would have never, I stumbled across him through photography because that's what he does now is a lot of photo and video work. And yeah. so uh, Riverstone Kennels, I don't know why oh, I couldn't okay. think of it. Yeah, so Riverstone yeah. Kennels and uh, and through that, by talking to Brett, I've also met um, Rob Snell from Gundog Supply. Yeah. He yeah. does a lot of photo for that kennel too. So like, it's just weird how it branches out and starts started in Ohio. And so like, yeah. then I run across Matt a few years ago and I start talking to him and it's like, you know, we're both big into photography. We both like duck hunting, you know, yeah. it's just like, and I'm not a person to just be like, like, st- like I'm not going to reach out. No, I'm reaching out. Like yeah. if somebody, if somebody does something I like, I'm going to talk to him. And it's yeah, just yeah. cool. Like even with Craig, it was just because there's a guy I used to train with uh, for powerlifting that grew up with Craig. And Craig had mentioned something to him about photo or something. And he goes, yeah, I got a buddy that does it because I was doing photo and video stuff at the gym. And so like people were seeing yeah. it. And uh, yeah, so he hooked me up with Craig. And then I went down to Craig's shop on like a Saturday and he just started showing me everything. And now I, awesome. I push it in every YouTube video that I'm doing. If we're goose hunting, I'm we're using real geese. We're doing this. And like, I've, yeah, they've used a few of my photos and some, uh, some ads and stuff that I sent over to Craig. So it's just been like, it's really crazy that like it is. every state has something, but in like, it's just like you said, just Ohio. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, the, the, for a Canadian, right? Like all we hear about is is the South. So yeah. Arkansas, Missouri, you know, those areas, like that's all we know, like, or I shouldn't say that's all we know, but that those are the areas that you always hear about, right? Oh yeah. But then, but then, you know, I started hearing about Ohio, Washington state, Northern right. California, yeah. uh, Oklahoma, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, <laughs> man, like you guys are friggin' spoiled down in the States and, and yeah. You know, and and we're the same as as you, right? Like we're on the edge of a flyway, right. so we don't we don't get like we get ducks, but it's it's like we get a lot of honkers. Yeah. Um, it's not like a Manitoba, no, or yeah. Saskatchewan, no, not at all. It's not right. a prairie, prairie pothole at all, right? But yeah, yeah, no, it it's cool, man. Like it it really is, and and it just goes to show, I think going back to that idea of people that are leaning on the fence and and wondering if they should do like put yourself out there i think you'd be i think you'd be genuine, genuinely surprised just how fast you'll connect with people yeah but it starts by putting yourself out there yeah yeah you can't uh you can't really expect anything if you don't try to initiate any conversation like somebody that somebody that you're looking at from the outside isn't isn't probably thinking that they want to reach out to you so it's like mm-hmm. 
you got to look at it that way and be like, if I'm if I'm wanting to reach out to this person, I should just do it. You know, I, that's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think that the biggest trick and and by no means am I an expert or, or anything like that. But for anybody that's wondering and this is this is what I've always found that worked well for us when I'm cold calling people or cold emailing people. As I start off most emails by saying, listen, I'm not looking for free stuff. Right. I I don't I don't want to be a pro staff. I yeah. don't want to be this. I don't want free stuff. Um this is who I am. This is our show. I'd love to have you come on as a guest and get to know right. you. That that's how I start 99.9% of all my emails. Right. I, I don't I don't expect them to and Listen, and and people know I'd be lying if I said I didn't get stuff. But of right. course I get stuff. Um, but um, what I have learned is that there's it's not an easy thing to get a hat. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, because somebody is always at these companies with their hand out looking for right. something for free. Right. And so I, I just, I don't expect anything for free. I got no problem paying, paying for the stuff that if I want it, I'll, I'll pay for it and I'll get it and, yeah. and I'll use it. And, and you know what I mean? But I, I think that's for anybody that's out there and, and, and trying to get pro staff positions and trying to get free stuff or sponsorships and, and stuff like that. I, I think that the way to do it is is by getting to know the people first and let them offer it up to you. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's where that's where we've seen the success, not yeah. through asking for sponsorship. Um, there's been a relationship already built before the ask as as, you know, materialized, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, when you get that person to come on to the show, it gives you, you know, some time before the show, the whole show, and then maybe a little time afterwards to get to know the person. And you have this conversation with them before you're, I think a lot of people will say like, like we talked about earlier, like with the metrics, like somebody will say like, well, I have X and X amount of followers, blah, blah, blah. Like, what can you give me for free? And they're like, yeah, they don't like that. No, no, you're just asking them to come on to the show. So they, I mean, like, the nice thing about a podcast is that really all you're asking for is somebody's time. And to be honest, that's a that's the most valuable thing for people is their time. <laughs> especially a lot of the, especially this time of year for the yeah. industry, fellas, right? Like it, exactly. it's just it's hard. They're on the road, they're they're constantly in and out of meetings, on the road, trying to get in as much hunting as they can because right. none of these guys hunt as much as they want to anymore. Right. <laughs> Because that's the thing too, is once you start working for a business or you own a business, like that's where yeah. most of your time spent. You're yeah. trying to build yeah. something in the in the in the busiest time of the year. Yeah. And then also try and hunt. It's just not it's not feasible for most people. No, it's not. And that's hard, right? So you're right. Um their time is it, it is a commodity and, and it is something that they value. The thing that that I think surprised us the most was when we would have some of the bigger and and I don't want this to sound bad, but some of the bigger names that have come on the show, like they've they've been surprised. 
like when the show was over, like number of times we've had people say, oh, that was that was a fun show. And <laughs> like, yeah. And they were like, no, I, like I wasn't expecting. I didn't know what I was expecting, but um, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And, and I want to come back again. And that that was one of our big like they just they're giving up their time. But then when you can make it fun for them and it's not just and most of these guys don't even want to talk about their products. Right. Yeah. They, they just want to get on and just shoot the shit about smashing mallards in the face. Right. Yeah. They could care less if they talk about about their brand. Um, <laughs> they've got a they've got enough people to do that for them. They want to come on and just once once it opens up and they can light a cigar, have a beer, and and drop an f bomb. Um, I find you know that's they're just they're they're happy. So yeah, yeah well, I'm pretty spoiled, buddy. When it comes when yeah. it comes to that. No, it's cool. And I know that I talked before and I said that uh, that we were gonna do some listener questions so i did get some listener questions and i don't know if you saw them in the facebook group but so i've got them here and uh so we have one from cameron and he says what is the funniest hunting story or situation you've been in the funniest i've got i oh this is a good one so one at one of our camps so we had a couple brothers that that used to hunt that would hunt with us and these guys were so competitive against one another like it was it was insane like brothers competitive brothers like insane so they were in two different groups and one of the guys that was hunting with us he had a money ban on his lanyard so one of the brothers said, can I have that money ban just to put it on my lanyard so I can show my brother? And buddy, so he did, of course. So we get back uh, after the day of hunting and and the one brother says, look what we got. And he holds up the goose and it's got a money ban on it. <laughs> well, his brother just absolutely came on glued, could not believe that his brother got and, and was like, no. That's no, and like I had seen these two guys before, almost come to fist over who shot the banded goose, and and then you know we get to this, and and here's the one brother holding up the goose, and it's got a money band on it, and the other one is just like gut it band, like just gut it, like could not believe that his brother got a money band, and they let it go like for a couple hours, like just let it go, and and just let buddies. Do over the fact that his brother got this money ban, and then they and oh, then they let so him know. Funny. And he was even more pissed then because you know they, they played a practical joke <laughs> on him. So, but that was that was one of the one of the better. But with Ryan Bro and Mark Vitch, there's always been there's always been some funny ones with with those two because those guys, yeah, like Ryan is a very serious duck hunter. Um, Merck is very serious at what he does too. So Merck is very particular on on grassing in his blind and making sure everything is perfect and set yeah. up. And I'm and I'm really just uh, eh, yeah, that looks good, boys. Yeah, just that, there. That, yeah, let's. Yeah. yeah, I'm just there. I'm so so they they sort of sometimes would you know get annoyed with me or get you know I'm like I gotta go pee, boys. 
I gotta go pee. And they were like, oh, the witching, and that's Ryan's thing was always, the witching hours upon us. You can't be getting out of the blind now. And I'm like, oh, I gotta get out of the blind. So you gotta make Ryan, and then they just get, those little things like that. It was always, oh, yeah. it's always funny. But that's, that's the, but those are the memories, right? Like the ones when you're always fucking around and, yeah. and stuff like that. We had a yeah, time last year, I was telling you about my buddy Damien, and uh, yeah. last year we were we were shore hunting, and uh, we shot, we had a group of scoters come in. We rarely ever see scoters, so we go out, we just thought, it was a f- real foggy, so like we dropped them, dog goes out and gets them, bring it, brings it back, and I turn around and I go, it's a scoter, and my buddy Damien from the blind, I mean without missing a beat, he goes... Skoda's in the lobster bisque. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just start dying laughing because it was just out of nowhere. And like, yeah. and then I had to edit that video and I had to listen to it like 16 <laughs> times in a row going over it. And I'm just dying in here laughing. It's just like, like you said, those are the memories. But I mean, like that comes up all the time now because we'll be talking about something. I'll be like, Skoda's will be like, Skoda's in the lobster bisque. And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's it's funny eh like you got and and that's so like with with ryan so with ryan bro um simpsons quotes so him and i we can go all all day on simpsons quotes and just like out of nowhere just regardless of the situation we've got something that we can tie back to the simpsons right and then like (laughs) like dave like dave dave has a has a crazy, really crazy dark sense of humor, right? So like you don't know what you don't know what Dave's gonna say. Like it's that firefighter. Stuff. Oh yeah. Right. So and then Phil Philly just like so every everybody that you hunt with, it's a different, it's a different group. So what's funny with some isn't funny with the others, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a so it's it's just really, really cool that way that uh but like Ryan Bro and and I, we went out to Saskatchewan a bunch of years. And we drove out, and I think that's all we done was just Simpson quotes the whole time, and just <laughs> we'd see something and and we did yeah like drive by a fish place and we're like chow there, you know, and then we just and then it'd be like it was just it was just ridiculous, right? Yeah. So there was all there was always something. It's just different crews, and and that's what makes us what I think that's why. I think that's why people, when they try duck hunting and goose hunting, I think that's why people follow because it's such a social hunt. Yes, it's not like anything else, right? Where you have to be like when I when I smoke, like I'd be st- in a field hunt, I'd be standing up having a cigarette, and right. you could see geese coming from a mile away, and finish my smoke and yeah. put it out and then crawl in and have a laugh with the boys and you know what yeah. i mean it's just it's just a very social a very social hunt and and yeah. i think that's why a lot of people get hooked to it yeah it's the social aspect it's like it's the it's relaxing where like when you're in a deer stand and you're sitting there freezing it's like it's not as much fun no at least at least if you're duck hunting and you're miserable like you can you can complain to somebody like this <laughs> yeah. this this fucking sucks. <laughs> but when you're in a tree stand, you're up there by yourself. Like you got no one to complain yeah. to. Yeah, you can you yeah. can't even eat. 
You pull, out, <laughs> yeah. you pull out a snack and it's like, well, every deer in a half mile radius just left. Like, Well, so I'm, I'm not a deer hunter. I've only ever done it once in my life. I climbed up in a tree stand with a, with a buddy of mine. Uh, so he said, here, get up into this tree stand and, uh, and see if anything comes by. I didn't know that he was close by and sort of kind of keeping an eye on me um, just to make sure. <laughs> And, and he told me, he was like, you'll never shoot a deer. And I'm like, well, he was like, you move too much. And I'm like, what do you mean I move too much? I'm up on a tree stand. I can't move. He was like, your head's moving. You're like looking at your phone. Like, you can't be doing that stuff. I was like, I'm never going to be a deer hunter. If yeah, I gotta be not like, for me. If I, if I got to be a statue, ain't, ain't going to happen. I just don't no. have to. No, I just can't do it, buddy. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't blame you there. I mean, like I've done it quite a bit, but it's always been out of like a blind, like a yeah. big, like basically a shed on stilts or oh, like cool. a, a huge ground blind. It's like, then I can kind of move around and like not worry about that kind of thing. But my, my thing anymore is like, if I have time to sit out for hunting deer, I have time to go duck hunting. I live too close to everything. I mean, there's marshes five minutes from my house. The lake's five minutes from my house. Like, it's pretty easy to get out. So there's really not, unless it's, like, super windy. But even then, like, deer hunker down when it's super windy. So what's the point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Got to save my brownie points for, for duck hunting. Smart man. Yeah. Smart man. All right. Man. So we had Rocky. Rocky asked. Ask him oh, about that Rocky stock. Uh, Stockdale, Stockdale, yeah, yeah. That's, Ask him about Lander's senior hunt test. If it was her fault or handler error? Oh, it's handler error, hundred <laughs> percent. She failed. She failed on her blind. Um, so she failed on her blind. That's what. That's what caused her to fail. Was on her okay. on her blind retrieve, and um, I had lined her up and sent her, um, and she went off line right off the bat. I tried to correct it. Um, she took the cast, but she didn't take the cast properly. Okay. And then I went and then I went back to get the same cast. And it was after that someone said, Well, no, you shouldn't you should never give uh the same cast twice, especially if they didn't do it right the first time. Do okay. something complete so you gotta go completely different, right? So I was going on a on a back back left angle. Um she took a little bit, but not not quite the angle. So I really should have okay. went left over instead of going back on the angle. So yeah, Rocky, eat it. It was <laughs> it was handler error, which is usually always the case with the dogs. It's never it's it's hardly <laughs> ever the yeah. Dog's you fault. can't blame the dogs. No, it's hardly ever the dog's fault, man. That's that's what I've learned. Most of yeah. the time, it, it's it's the human aspect of it that that screws it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like, so I, I mean, even with my own dog, like, if he screws up on something, it's because I didn't prepare him for it. And I'm not a mm -hmm. professional dog trainer. So like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I got him during COVID and I had a, a guy that lives close to me that he trains gun dogs. And like, you know, we we did basically like the the gun dog beginner, like training stuff. And like, he was such a pain in the ass to train. Like he got gun shy at one point. Uh, he wouldn't mm -hmm. pick up, he wouldn't go in the water for like four or five months of the training. And then one day I took him out to the lake and I just picked him up and dropped him in. He got yeah. like up to his chest. 
spread his legs out like this. And he was like, <laughs> what the hell? And I grabbed, I had a bundle of goose wings that he was really jacked up about. I started batting them in the water and now I can't keep them out of it. So it's like, yeah. there's certain things that I've pushed through and I feel good about it. I'm proud of myself for figuring it out. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I can't, I'm not a dog trainer. I was able to like make a dog hunt. And that's about as far as I got, you know. Well, I hunt. I hunt. Uh, I train with my buddy Bill Kennedy, who is a dog trainer. Um, and I've said a million times that Bill's spent more time training me than he has my dog. Right. Um. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. There's more time spent training me. Do you need to do this? You need to stand right. like this. You need to do this with your hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind so. of what the guy that I worked with did. He taught me. And then like I would be with him for an hour and then I would have like homework to go home yeah. and do it and like try to teach that thing that he yeah. showed me how the dog should do it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So like he kind of trained me to train the dog. And I think the next time around, I would definitely have a better idea of what to do. But at the same time, like, I mean, I talk to people around here, like even, you know, Phil was talking about it, how he got his dog from here and there's some really you know some good trainers there are there's some really good yeah. trainers and like i'm better off just sending if i want a top-notch dog i might as well send them off because it's like i don't have the time that i can dedicate to making that dog like a grandmaster champion That's dog. Right. you know what i mean yeah. like yeah i do just, i totally do it's just crazy and then we have greg came back he's he put up about seven different questions here but oh, greg taylor he, he wanted you to explain the logic behind bagged milk oh so did you ever hear that story no, so no. so the so the boys so i'm from i'm originally from newfoundland so which right. is an island on the east coast of canada right so so we don't have our, our milk coming in, in curtains we don't have the you know like down in the states or in missouri anyways like i used to be able to buy like two gallon jugs of milk right. in Missouri. Right? right. So we don't, I've, I don't see that. Like we could get two, two liters, which is, yes. you know, and a curtain. Um, but in Ontario, you get your milk, you can get your milk in, in plastic bags. And you, when you buy it, it comes, it's in a big plastic bag with three little bags inside each one. I, I'd say probably a liter, liter and a half. Okay. So, um, so the boys from First Light uh, come up from Idaho, and they come up hunting with us. And I don't know how it all started, but somebody had mentioned that we had to pick up a couple bags of milk for something. I don't know what it was. I don't know how it started. And anyways, Kevin Harlander and Logan Williamson sort of kind of just stopped what they were doing and were like... <laughs> bags of milk and are like yeah yeah bags of milk they were like the fuck are you guys talking about so then we had to explain to them the whole that milk was coming in a bag and and they were just like well why wouldn't you just put it in in a curtain like why don't you just buy it? i'm like i don't know it comes in a plastic bag <laughs> and they were like so so how do you how do you get the milk out of the bag so then i had to say well you got to buy a jug to put the bag into the jug and then you got to cut the ends off off the bag in order to pour it out and they're like you're creating so much work and i'm like <laughs> i'm not i'm not disagreeing with your logic 
I'm just saying this is the way it is. And they were just, they were just, they, it it was funny. It's now become a joke that we still carry on with, with those guys. But yeah, like bags of milk, but I think it's, I think it's only Ontario that I think it's only Ontario and Canada that does it. I don't think anybody else. I don't think anybody else does it, but anyways, it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty (laughs) funny. Like they're, Bags, bags of milks. That's what they would say. You're like, you're getting bags of milks. And I'm like, no, you don't say it. it's not bags of milks. And they were like, but there's multiple bags in that one bag. So it's plural. I'm like, yes, but that sounds stupid. So you got to say just bags of milk, but oh it's milks, but it's milk. So it was just, it was oh, not a thing. It was just, it was just funny. Um, I'm really glad that I took that question now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. We're getting close to the end here, and uh, I'd like to ask this question at the end of the podcast. If money and time was not a significant uh, restraint or restriction for you, what would be a hobby that you would want to pick up? Time and money. If they didn't matter. Skiing. 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 Yeah. Really? Yeah, I love it. I, I absolutely love I love downhill skiing. Absolutely awesome. love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Um now is that um, a Newfoundland thing or is that no, an Ontario thing? No, well I I learned in Newfoundland, but okay. um uh but I you know, like I don't own my own ski gear. I don't like I when I go I rent I get it from the ski it. Or, okay. or whatever like that. But if I if I could if I could hunt all fall and then ski all winter that that would be like the perfect that would be the perfect world for me that's so cool i didn't know if uh i mean i don't know much about newfoundland but i didn't know if there was like mountains there a mountain range there there is but it's okay. it's not the rockies right so yes so actually um the mount the on the west coast of Newfoundland, it's got, we call it the Long Range Mountains, but okay. it's but it's actually part of the Appalachian. So oh so, okay yeah so the Long Range Mountains and the Appalachian Mountains were were once one, and then whatever happened to the world and things split up and stuff. So yeah so the height of the Appalachian Mountains are the same as what my mountains are where I'm from. That's cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Eh? Yeah. I, yeah, I uh, I started snowboarding at like the tail end of my high school career, and I got yeah. semi good at it. But I've always enjoyed it. Oh, buddy, I I so snowboarding. I tried it once. It's it's the most difficult backwards thing I've ever tried to do in my life, and I was like, <laughs> no, I'll stick I'll stick to skis. Um, right, fair enough. Yeah, snowboarding is just like. Everything on your back foot, it just it just throws me just throws me off. That's just, understandable. My yeah. my my brain cannot compute. If I want to turn, I got to <laughs> use my back foot. It's just yeah, just yeah, doesn't doesn't work for me. Yeah, I don't know what I I don't know if it's maybe I used to like skateboard a little bit as a kid, so I don't know if maybe that helped. But yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I picked it up fairly quick, and I've always enjoyed it. So that's cool that that you're. That you're yeah. into skiing like that. Oh, I love it. I love it. When I when I go, like if I go for a weekend skiing, like I just 
up the hill, down the hill, up the hill, down the hill. Like I'll get in, like, that's all I do. It's just yeah. up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. I don't, I don't eat. I don't <laughs> like, I'll, I'll have my backpack on with water. Uh, I'll drink on the, on the lift up. Uh, like I don't eat, I don't come in. I don't do, I don't do anything. I just, I ski as much as I can. Cause I it's don't so get to cool. do it. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. get so to it's do like it. You kind so of like, I'm like, while you're there. Yeah. 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 But that I would say that's probably one of my favorite, favorite things to do besides hunting. That's so cool. I don't know. I just wouldn't have guessed. I don't know. Yeah. It's always interesting to ask that question and see where people's minds go. Some yeah. people stay in the outdoors and other people just like completely go off the off something different, which yeah. I mean, skiing is technically still outdoors worthy, but it's just uh, it's a different avenue, which is cool. But if I had the skill, I would have been in a rock and roll band, buddy. There, and there you go. <laughs> I would have loved the rock and roll lifestyle. I know. Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Brian. Well, thank you for coming on, Damien. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys don't listen to the Water- Punisher Waterfowl podcast, you need to go check it out. These guys are awesome. And uh, you can come go back and listen to a couple of the episodes I was on. Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> absolutely, Brian, buddy. Thank you. You're, you're a friend. Um, it's not you just, well. you know, uh, it's not just you reached out to, to me to ask me to come on. Like you are a friend and, and I appreciate you, buddy. I, I really I appreciate do. You too. Um, I love, I love watching your social feeds and I love hearing about what you got coming up and, and stuff that it, it makes me proud, buddy. So well, I'm really you. happy for you, really happy for you. And I'm glad to see all the hard work that you've put into your own craft that, uh, you know, things are moving for you. So I, I, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to, to follow you the rest of the fall. And, and just know under my breath, I'm I'm cursing you a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Damien. I appreciate it. You're awesome. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you.